if I haven't already mentioned it or you, had, you just you just came in a minute ago, we want to say welcome to Carolina Family Church. We're excited that you're here. Uh, I want to apologize for you standing through all of those host comments. <laughs> Not officially. <laughs> in fairness, I told Jess that I was going to tell you all to sit down, and then I didn't do it. So it is my fault. It is my fault. But um, we are glad that you're here with us today. And if it's your first time, that's fantastic. Uh, many of you, this you're here every single week because you love your church family and want to spend time together with us, and, and that's awesome. Um, and we have been for like eight or nine weeks now in a series called Summer Stories. And throughout this series, we've had folks from our church come up, sit down on the couch, and share their story with you. And uh, it's given you an opportunity to get to know some more people from our church, but also to be encouraged and challenged and to hear from someone just other than me <laughs> week in and week out. And so that's been nice. But I, and I have to tell you, at the beginning uh, of the, or recently, I guess I should say, several people have come to me. I think you guys may mention this too. Um, at, that when you heard that we were doing this series or when they heard that we were doing this series and having people come up and share their testimony, their initial reaction was like, ah, that's kind of weird. You know, I don't know how that's going to go. And uh, yeah, that was my thought too when we started this. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. I don't know how this is going to go, but <laughs> we're going to give it a try. And uh, it has been fantastic. It really has. Hearing from everyone, hearing everyone's stories has been really, really special and something that we're uh, going to try to work into what we continue to do as a church. I think it's important for us. Um, but next week, we will be back to a series on James in the, the normal kind of format that we do. But this week, as Jess already mentioned, she did a fantastic introduction already. Uh, we're blessed to have Jamie and Stephen West with us to share today. So I know you already clapped for them, but one more time, just welcome them. <laughs> Let them get comfortable. Take a deep breath. There you go. All right, so we're going to start the same way we started pretty much every week in the series and ask uh, you just to share a little bit about your background uh, first. Absolutely. So I grew up out west, uh, New Mexico and Arizona, in a just an amazing family. Um, my dad was a pastor, actually a, a Baptist pastor, mm -hmm. and a, the same tiny little denomination that John's dad was. That's right. It turns out they didn't know each other, which was a miracle because there are not many churches in this denomination, but not. conservative Baptist America. Yes, yes. not just Baptist. Yeah, conservative, conservative Baptist. Baptist. The others yes, aren't right. conservative enough. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, he also was in the military, so he was uh, he retired after 30 years as a colonel. So you have a yeah, um, and uh, both pastor and colonel. We had a pretty I mean just amazing household, but pretty rigid to say the least. We had a custom handmade paddle to make sure we kind of followed the line as kids growing up to begin with. It was a great paddle, um, very powerful. Um, but my, both my, my, my mom was a teacher and um, viewed herself as a pastor's wife first and a, kind of a minister to people uh, first and foremost. But they're just incredible people with just deep-seated faith and character and the love of Christ just shown every single day in their lives. As parents, as people, just amazing people. So grew up in this, in this household, went to a Christian school all the way from kindergarten to 12th grade surrounded by the church and, and, you know, in the mix of it all, uh, you know, with pastors, kids, PKs, there is a little bit of an expectation to be just as good as your parents are. Um, and if you see John's As I kids, look up to the back row, don't, don't do <laughs> my kids in the back row, I'm like, I get it. I was a pastor's kid. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. No, but it, 
Don't do that to John's kids, please. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just a quick side yes. note. Like the people always say, like pastor's kids, they go one way or the other. You know, there's no in the middle. They're either little angels or, you know, <laughs> the other. And uh, part of that is the reason that a lot of times in churches, they put so much pressure on uh, pastor's kids to behave a certain way. And you either accept that and, and own that and follow that, or you push back against it and just say, I can never be what everyone expects me to be, so I'm not going to be anything that anyone expects me to be. So that tends to be what happens. And so, yeah, it can be a tough spot. It does sound like Yeah. So I had an older brother who chose one way, and, <laughs> um, and, and just making my parents proud was, was important to me, I guess because of the struggles they saw through that. So I I'd kind of decided, um, I guess in junior high and high school, just to essentially follow the rules. There were a lot of them, but again, these were just loving people who cared a lot about us and just fostered the right things through all of our lives. And so I, I would consider myself, for the most part, kind of just a rule follower. So um, ended up graduating high school and going to another very conservative stage at a very conservative college in Florida and studied business there. Their rule book was bigger than a phone book. It was, uh, it was rigid yet again. Yeah, just quick story. I also went to a conservative Christian college that had a lot of rules, but we, uh, in order to not feel bad about all the rules that were on us, we would compare ourselves to the school he went to, yeah. all right, because looking at the rules they had to follow made us feel good about the freedom that we had at our school. Yes. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty strict, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. But we can separate boys and girls elevators. I'll just stop there. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> right. Um, right. And beaches, I found out. Separate yeah. beaches. Sep you couldn't go to the beach. That's true. Yeah. Bad things happen. Um, so it, <laughs> I, I, I was pretty determined to just essentially continue on, follow the rules. I had a, had a plan in my mind. I'm a, I'm a planner at heart and uh, was following the rules, had, had a plan. I was going to get good grades, graduate with my business degree, get married, and all of those things happened. So I, I dated a girl in, in college kind of later on as, as best you could date in an environment like that. Um, she lived in North Carolina. I was still in Arizona. And so we quickly, after graduating, um, got married. I moved out to North Carolina from Arizona, started my career, got married all within a month. Didn't really know anyone out uh, in North Carolina at all other than her family. And um, again, following the path, we started as a couple going to church and um, attended. Early on, we attended very regularly, but Things didn't quite go as I'd planned as far as own relationship. Um, it was a lot of uh, strife and contention. And my parents never fought, ever. I never saw anything that was a side word or comment. And all of a sudden, here I am, you know, young and dumb and in a, in a new uh, relationship. And uh, it just wasn't going well. And we go to this, uh, you know, very traditional church. And we try to get ingrained with it to a degree, and we talk to other couples and other people. It was clear to me, at least, that everyone else had their life figured out. They, they were on track. They were on point. Looked great on Sunday. Talked the talk. Walked the walk. And no one else seemed to have any issues whatsoever. And for me, uh, we did. We had lots of them. And so I started being very shameful about how poorly my marriage was going. And, you know, almost a little bit, I don't want to say bitter necessarily, but um, it, it took me to a tough place where church started feeling um, not, just not comfortable for me anymore. 
So we, we, we stopped attending as much. My relationship with God got strained to a degree. I, I've always believed I was saved at a very young age, uh, in this household, baptized at a very young age. I've always believed, but uh, it took me to a, a tough place where I questioned things and uh, just didn't feel as secure. So fast forward, lots of struggles, several years, and um, we pretty much stopped going to church altogether. And that was just an outward um, expression of, I think, where our hearts were too, um, that I still believed, but just wasn't nearly as connected to God as I had been in the past and, and knew I needed to be. Um, so again, lots of struggles as the years go on, and um, I was, at this point, not really attending church at all, uh, Christmas and Easter maybe, you know, the CNE. Um, and was driving in the highway, came across a billboard, and then I saw another, a T-shirt later on with the same statement, I believe. It's no perfect people allowed, and it was, a, it was a different church. It was very different from what I had seen and grew up with, and um, so I, I, I've got to check this out. Um, and so um, started uh, attending and trying to dive in there. I, uh, one of the things that you mentioned was that and I can really relate to this, because coming from, you and I have such similar backgrounds, and uh, growing up in an environment with great parents, and everything seems, it feels like you kind of have this plan laid out in front of you, and you've got to follow all the steps, because these are the right steps, like this is the way it works, you know, you, uh, you graduate high school, and you go to college, and then you meet a nice girl at college, and then you get married, and everything's happily ever after, and then you have 2.5 kids, and the picket fence, and all the kind of stuff, and that's the plan, and that's, so that's what you do, um, and so you try to follow that plan, um, and it doesn't work quite like that. It's not as uh, life isn't that clean. And um, one of the things that you mentioned as we were talking this week was that you dealt, dealt with a lot of frustration when your marriage wasn't going the way it was supposed to be going. It was supposed to turn out like your parents' marriage, and you're thinking, but I did everything right. You know, I followed all the steps. I, I followed all the rules. I've been good. I've been faithful to God and everything. Why is this thing not working out the way that it's supposed to work out? So then you're going to this church and you feel like, well, this is supposed to work out. So everybody needs to think that everything is working out. And who knows, they might all have been playing the same game you were playing and, try and pretending like everything was good when it was falling apart. Who knows? But yeah, when you saw that, that message, no perfect people out, you thought, well, I'm not perfect. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. And that, that is going to lead us up to when you meet Jamie. So um, Jamie, why don't you uh, kind of share your background? Okay. So... Mine was a little bit different. I, I have <laughs> a little to say, bit. <laughs> I, okay, so um, I my parents divorced when I was two, and my dad and that whole side of my family have always been in Ohio, and I've always been here with my mom. Pretty much, we moved around a lot, but I've been here since I was eight in Salisbury. Um, and my dad has never really talked about God. I actually really don't even know where he stands with it. He's just not a talker. Um, but um, my aunt and my grandma on that side of the family, they were always very much Jesus followers, but I was only there in the summer, so I would, I would get little glimpses of going to church then, um, but living with my mom here, church was not really a thing, but we always believed in God. That's just what you do. You believe in God, and you let people know that you believe in God, um, but as far as seeking him out and modeling Jesus's behavior that was not like a thing um and so 
uh, I, it was a, it was a rough kind of childhood, to be honest. It was not a nurturing or protective environment. Um, and I was definitely one of those teenagers that was ready to get out as quickly as possible. So from the time I was 16, I, um, I had already done all the steps. Like we, you know, it was like believe in God and get baptized and, you know, and ask God to come into your heart. That we did those things, almost like a checklist. Um, that's all I remember, really. But then uh, when I was 16, home no longer was really home for me. I just kind of bounced around different places. Um, and I would come home when I needed to, but no more than I needed to. Um, I ended up dating a guy when I was 18. We dated for six and a half years. It was a very unhealthy relationship. For those that have youth group, I'm just like, hey, man, that's a cool thing. You have people guiding you and speaking good wisdom into your life. Um, I had a very unhealthy six-and-a-half-year relationship in many ways that never should have resulted in marriage, but it did. And the day before we got married, I was like, freaking out. I was crying. What am I doing? I shouldn't do this. But I did anyway. And um, we were married for nine years. It was, we ended up having a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We partied like crazy. That's kind of all I remember, which means I can't remember that much of it. Um, it was empty. There were, we were surrounded by people that I thought, I, I thought we always, for 15 years, I thought we had this very close knit group of friends, um, but we never, we never saw, like, God was nowhere in our lives. Um, we didn't know what our vows were going to be when we got married. We had no idea what the words were going to be. We just got up there, and then the pastor did the thing, and then we said, I do. Um, and that was pretty much as far as things went, as far as seeking God in our relationship. We just were wandering, for sure. And... Um, to make a really long chapter of my life really short, um, I would say I was very broken by that relationship coming into the marriage, and we were both broken coming out of it. And um, so then I, I got a little apartment. Everything was beige. It was terrible. That did not help my depression. <laughs> the walls were beige. The ceiling. Who paints a ceiling beige? The carpet. I had Renta furniture. I had a Renta mattress. It was bad. It was bad. So I have my little apartment. Um, and I'm not homeless, technically, but I spent so many years of my life bouncing around, and even during that dating stage with him where it was like, I kind of always ended up homeless again. And I, I get to this little apartment, and even though I have a place to live and I have a, a career and I'm able to pay all my bills, I start looking around and I'm like, where are all these people that have been in my life so long um, for 15 years? But I realized we never even had conversations. I didn't know who any of them were, and they didn't know me at all. None of us knew any of each other's struggles. Um, we literally didn't talk. We just played party games and went skiing and stuff like that. Um, so I just got to this really, I, I just felt homeless again. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm 33 years old and I'm starting from scratch. I left with my clothes and I told Stephen, it's weird, but like a roll of toilet paper and paper towels. I've always had this weird thing about um, not wanting to be without toilet paper and paper towels. It's a problem. Um, 
But I'm in this beige apartment, and I'm just sad. I'm just so sad, and I'm starting over. She's the over. one that bought it all last year, by the way, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. It's all at their house. Oh, I have I, a basement full of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, but I actually, I get into this very spinning out place, and um, and there's like a, there's a song that talks about like wanting to wake me up when it's November or September or something. Jeremy would know. Anyway, September. Um, but that's kind of what I wanted to do. I just couldn't deal. I couldn't deal. I don't know how I kept my job during that time because I would just take NyQuil a bunch all day for a few weeks, and I just slept. I just slept through it, and then one day I, I woke up, and I, um, I had kind of missed Christmas. You see, Stephen and I... Let me backtrack for a second. We we did not know until a couple months after this place that I'm talking about. We had both been married for nine years. We separated within three days of each other. And so parallel universe, we are both going through this really rough, spinning out, gutter kind of time in our lives simultaneously. But we just didn't know until a few months later. Because um, we both have very interesting Christmas Day stories. But... Um, I think it was after like the whole Christmas Day thing that I, I kind of had missed. Um, that I'm I'm laying in my bed and I just feel hopeless. I just feel absolutely. I feel such a deep despair that I didn't know. I didn't know how to move forward. And I remember just laying like face down in my bed, and I prayed without saying anything out loud. And it was just one word. And I just said, I said, Jesus. But I meant it with this. I meant it from this place that, um, I don't know how to explain it. I knew that he was real and he had to be bigger than the place where I was. And through all of the lost years that I had had. I don't know, it was this very deep place that I that I said, Jesus. And I laid there and I just, I cried. And then, I don't know what happened. I didn't realize in that moment, that was the beginning of me truly living for the first time. We talk about that song, talks about your orphan heart. Those words mean a lot. What I'm saying. What I'm thinking then, it means a lot to me. So, all right, let me lighten that up a little bit. So, I I have that moment for a little bit, and then I get up, and I have just enough motivation in me to go take a shower. <laughs> let me tell you, that seems like a small thing that everybody does, but I was not doing that, and I was gross. And I had not done it in a while. <laughs> I'm serious. And I got up and I showered. And then I turned on happy music. And then another day I went for a walk. I started going outside. I think I started going to work again. And uh, all these positive things. And I just, it was little, little things that I didn't even realize he was already working. But he was giving me just enough, just enough to go through another day without sleeping through it, and I started to live again. And it was awesome.
uh, you mentioned to me that, that at that time, and really you were both looking for this because you were both going through that same sort yeah. of thing at the same time, but just from two totally different, totally different paths to get you there. Yeah. Um, but that you both realized that you needed people around you that were going to encourage you. We're going to draw you closer to God. We're going to lift you yes. up. We're going to point you in the right direction and give you the guidance you'd never had and the and the the, the thing that you feel like you'd lost that you expected to build and, mm-hmm. and ultimately didn't build. Because um, Stephen, you well, you mentioned to me this week that when you were going through all your issues in your marriage, you never even told your parents. You didn't tell your parents because you were, you wanted to make them proud. You were afraid that they were going to be ashamed of you or whatever. And so you were going through that on your own and. Finally, you started figuring how you find each other, and then you start finding a, a, com- a community of people. So yes. talk, talk us through that. Well, Jess is absolutely correct when she talked about Jamie walking in the church and thinking, man, she's not going to be single long. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we, luckily, we, we work for the same company, but in different areas, and there were some ladies in our building that... Um, I worked closely with that I knew pretty well, that knew Jamie as well, and they were my wing ladies. Um, and yes, I, I, I thank them every day. I do. Uh, but they, they really helped uh, encourage us <laughs> uh, together yes. to begin with. They, they, they knew that, um, you know, they, they saw something in Jamie that they thought I'd really appreciate. And I do. Um, so we, we start attending the same uh, church. That, that I had started attending just in different campuses, and we, um, we found community there as a couple. And we made just very different than our, both of our previous lives. As we start dating and going through it, um, we talk about a relationship with God. We talk about um, where we want to be um, mm-hmm. and who should be the center of it. And it's, it's, uh, we started meeting other couples that were similar so we, we got really ingrained with a uh, campus that was being launched. We got to see John, actually, John and John Cale as well, uh, lead, lead a group there uh, during this, uh, this stage two, which was neat. We, uh, we meet just dear friends um, getting ingrained. and We helped launch a new campus. We helped launch this new campus, and we dive all in to, number one, to, to God, but to each other as well. And we start, you know, attending on a very regular basis, and it becomes more than just a box we checked on Sundays. It was a part of what we did. We served, um, we went to uh, small groups, uh, we helped to lead, uh, lead small groups, and we met people who were willing to share the issues they were going through, just like we did. We're open and honest, and really developed community. I mean, the, the Browns were part of that stage Coffee for Coffee bar team Coffee forever. Bar team, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you... We got engaged and married at, at our wedding, our, um, our, our party, our people. Most of it was people we had pretty much just met through yeah. this stage. And it's like, church. hey, we've known you for three months now, but we feel a really deep, lifelong connection <laughs> with you. You want to be in our wedding? Um, and it, it was so much more real for us because our connection um, was that of, of, of Christ and, and a love for each other and a life... Uh, um, just this common bond that became a big part of our lives. And those people just were at the core of that, um, of that journey for us. Yeah, and listen, the, those relations, I don't want us to, to miss this because the relationships that we have that are built on our mutual faith yes. and encouragement 
are just completely different yes. than the relationships we have with people where that's not the basis. And Hold you to a higher standard, yeah. a completely different standard, and being the best dad, mom, brother, husband, <clears throat> wife, Jesus follower, holds you to a different standard. Yeah, and it, it's amazing. It sounds a little cliche, but you know, people talk all the time, like, okay, the people that are around you, the friends that are around you, if everything falls apart, are those people still going to be there? Mm. And I remember a time in my life where we had, or our life, even when we were first married, we were surrounded by people, and it was like, yeah, these people are fun to hang out with. Mm-hmm. This is not a real relationship. Right. This, is, this, this is a social thing, but we are not pushing each other forward. We're not encouraging each other. We're not challenging each other. Right. We're not supporting each other. Like, if things get tough, we're just going to bail because that's no fun. Yeah. But, but when you build relationships on your mutual faith and the journey that you're going on spiritually makes, I mean, it's, it's just all the difference in the world. And so for any of you that are here, I would just say, you know, oh. look at the relationships that are around you and say, are those the kind of people that we have around us or are those the kind of people I have around me or do I have people around me that are going to bail at the first sign of heat, you know, mm-hmm. or people who are going to draw me away from my relationship with God or people that are going to draw me closer. Yeah. So you guys were able to plug into that and you really saw that start to, transform you together but transform you individually too and Jamie you were talking about some of that that you went through yeah I um I I was so grateful for the the people that we were starting to really do life and do real conversation with because back in my beige apartment I that was I had started to really pray for that specifically I prayed for God to put people in my life that would be family because I wasn't close to my family and um he has answered that prayer big time. Thank you, Brown. So many people that are actually in this room. Um, but so we're going to church. We're serving. We're doing all this stuff. And this thing starts happening to me that is just awesome. I, well, I was, I was also, it was not just doing. I wasn't just going to church and doing the motions. I was, I was reading in my Bible every day. And it was like a foreign language. I didn't understand what I was reading, but I kept doing it. And I would pray. And I'm like, show me what, just help me to understand what, I don't know, something. I don't know, what do you want me to hear from this? And I just prayed every day. And then I would just start talking to God. I would be driving down the road, going to a meeting, going to all these different things for work. And I would start talking to God. Like, I like how Jeremy prays. Where's Jeremy? And he's just like, uh, what do you do? Hey, hey, Dad. Hey, God. Hey, Dad. I, would, I love that. And I would just like, I would just start talking to him about the people I was getting ready to interact with five or ten minutes later. And I'm telling you, I started to see him in every interaction I was having with people. And it just got crazy because I would be driving down the road and I literally wanted to just stop my car and go hug people. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I just had like, I had (laughs) such an overwhelming amount of love coming out of me that was just like this is not me I mean in my normal self I'm judgmental and and I'm all the human things um, and that was another thing I would I would run across people that maybe it was drugs maybe it was going through a separation or whatever the hardship was where normally you just kind of look down on a person or you think well you've done this to yourself or um, you got yourself here I I had this um, very interesting compassion in me where I wanted to understand that person. I wanted to understand the root of what got them to that place. What was their pain? 
and what was their journey. And I just had so much compassion and love. And that none of that was me. That was not me. And I would go back and talk to my pastor and his wife about it. I, just, I just had all these very interesting things happening all the time. And I would give them specific stories. And, and he said, well, you're experiencing sanctification. And I was like, oh, I don't know that word. I didn't know that was a thing. And he explained to me that it was God, when we're really seeking him, really seeking him, he purifies us and he transforms us into his own image. And, and when we sing those songs about like him opening our eyes and, and, and filling us with, with love, and it's real. It is real. And it was just amazing. Just amazing. That's one of the things that you've, you've mentioned multiple times to me is that part of your story and your journey is going from thinking of God as a concept. Just an idea. To understanding that he is real. Oh, my gosh. And active. Tangible. That, I use that word a lot. He is so tangible to me. And so when people say, um, well, how, you know, how do you believe in God, really? Because it's just, it's just faith. You're just going on faith. You can't see him and you can't hear him. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I can. I do all the time. All the time, and so through through that, you even though you were um, baptized as a child, you said you don't really remember that. Yes, you remember, you're told that it happened, but you don't remember it right. happening. And so you decided that you wanted to be baptized as an adult. So yes. you're going through all of this, and you you wanted to do that as a symbol of your commitment. To yes, Christ. and they were talking. You know, we kept saying yes to things at church, yes to serving, yes to groups, and all all the things. And then they talked about um, baptism and. And I was like, well, I, I did that, but I asked my pastor, you know, should I, should I do that? I don't really remember. He's like, yes, this is you. This is your choice now. This is your decision. You are seeking God. You're experiencing him, and this would be you proclaiming that. And so I did. And so it was actually a lot of the campuses had gotten together at High Rock Lake. And um, my pastor was there, and you were there, and a few others. And um, when it was time for me to go and get in the water, um, I got you. Ah! <laughs> I was a little disappointed, John. Uh, no, I, uh, I understand. There were better options out there that just, day. There were better options. Because I didn't know you, and you weren't my pastor. But you know what? But seriously, how amazing is that? That was nine years ago. I had no idea at the time that we would have this other huge chapter of our lives and that you would be my pastor. And I just let, it's just another way that he weaves things, and it's just, gosh, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's what God's doing in you. It's what He's bringing you to. It's the it's the church family around you. Like it's all of that working together. Yeah, you know. And you know, we we talk a lot about, and we have in this series, and you probably maybe picked up on this, but I mean, there's been a lot of conversation in people's stories about being in a church or not in a church, part of a church, not a part of a church. The the, the truth is, though, and feel the need to to point this out, that this a relationship with God is not about being a part of a church. Like, going to church doesn't secure our relationship. It's faith in Jesus and God's grace um, that, that secures that. So it's, it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you want to honor God, then the natural thing to do is to gather together with his people, his children, to do that together. And then the church creates an environment where we can develop these relationships and serve and encourage. And it where kinda, you don't get lost. It kind of becomes the epicenter of where that all kind of flows out of, and uh-huh. so it's a, it becomes a very, very important yes. part of our life. Yes. Um, and then what we what we should do is, you know, when we're going through difficult times, we should be leaning on each other and walking through that. 
And um, that, you know, we talked about some of the stuff that people in our church are going through and heard all throughout this series. And mm-hmm. so it's a very important part of our life. Um, and it really transforms us. Um, and as we were talking um, this week, uh, you shared something with me that I don't, I didn't know, or at least I certainly didn't know the extent of it that you've gone through recently. And I know we wanted, you wanted to talk about mm. that and share that piece of your story over the last couple of years. Yeah, so the, the struggle part, we thought it was going to be all fairy tales and happy endings. That was but the plan. Unicorns, that was lollipops, plan. gumdrops, and the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, that. I mean, you found your church um, family and you're good. But, but I've been set up for whatever this stage is. So um, about two years ago, uh, it was summer, and I just started to have really weird health things happening. Um, my, my right arm went numb. You know how, like, when you crouch down too long and your foot goes to sleep, and it's really annoying for about two minutes, you try to shake it out. Um, but that's what happened with my arm, and it just didn't go away. And then it was my leg, too, so it was my whole right side from my fingertips to my toes, and... That went on for about a month, and then I started to have vision issues where um, I could only see, like, it would happen in, like, 20 and 30-minute little spurts where I would I would only be able to see within a, a scope, and it was blurry and wavy. Um, and then one day I was standing in the kitchen with Stephen. We actually had the youth uh, lake day at our house that day. And um, we're standing in the kitchen together, and all of a sudden, I just couldn't see anything. Only for a few seconds, thank goodness, but very scary because of all the other things that were happening. Um, then, oh, it's, I, I, I couldn't complete my sentences, which I always struggle to come up with words, let's face it. That's kind of like an ongoing thing, but it was really bad. I couldn't collect my thoughts, and I, I really couldn't finish my sentences. And um, I was in a lot of pain. I was in so much pain. Stephen would come home, and all night long, I would just, it would just be very long, very long nights because I couldn't sleep. I was like a zombie. And my kids were only two and four years old at the time, and they would find me in bed all throughout the day, 15, 20 times a day, I'd hear the little pitter-patters come in, hear them calling mommy, and I just, I was exhausted. Walking from one room to the next would make me feel like I had, it's almost like my heart couldn't take it. I felt like I had all this weight on me. And, um, well, it all progressed. It all was, that was all progressing over, over several months, but at about two months into it, um, it was time for my annual doctor thing anyway, so I was like, well, I'll just go mention this to him, but I'm pretty sure I have a pinched nerve. I was just waiting for the kids to get back in school so I could do a bunch of chiropractic visits. I thought that's really all it was. And I go to the doctor, and he sends me immediately for an MRI right then to the hospital, and then I um, we go through a series of just all kinds of tests and procedures, and he tells me one day, he's like, I, you know, we've ruled out a lot of things, um, but we haven't ruled out MS. So he sends me to a specialist, a neurologist that specializes in it, and he runs another set of MRIs, and he deep dives, and he finds spots, bases. You know, it's not enough to, um, it's not enough to, it takes years, he said, to diagnose. So 
Um, he sent me home. A few weeks later, I could barely move my spine. <laughs> I really tried to just pull it together. I tried to hold it together and, um, and just be normal through it all, as normal as I could be. And you guys would probably think, well, when was this happening? Because you were at church, but that was the thing. Everything was very invisible that was happening. And so I, I didn't really talk about it very much. And when I did talk about it, I gave a very glazed over version of what was happening. And I would come to church, and if I could just rest enough, I could come and I could just put on my happy face and get through a couple of hours. Um, and so... Oh, where, where is that in my story? So I go through all this. What, what's the next part? I don't remember. I'm losing my train of thought. Um, see? But this is just normal. <laughs> I was listening to you. Um, uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me look at my notes. I'm sorry. It's, uh, uh, but you, you were putting on your, your happy face, happy but things face were starting to crumble. Stephen, why don't you just for a second, uh, what, what, just share what's what you're thinking and as you're going through that. So yeah, okay, there's some depth there. Mm -hmm. So while we were dating... Like early on. Oh. So my dad was diagnosed with ALS. So we had to watch him. He's so strong, man. Pull it together, everybody. Carlton taught us that is okay. It is okay. Yes, right. That's okay. It is okay. So while we were dating and engaged, we watched my dad just fall apart. We knew when we got married that, hey, I'm... Part of my decision with her to, to commit was no matter what, this is us forever. <laughs> but I didn't think it'd come up. <laughs> didn't think we'd have to use that one. When you're doing the vow thing, you, Nobody yeah, does. it's like, you know, I'm going to throw uh, sickness and health in there, but it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. let's keep it hell. together. And it's going to be hell. So, yeah. Yeah. Nobody so anyway, so I, I looked at my dad. My dad was everything for me. Uh, growing up, he was my best friend. <laughs> so I, yeah. all right, Thank let me you. go Take back. Let me go back. I'm going to so, hand you the baton. Okay, so all this is oh, going man. on. All this is going on. I, I, one day I blow up on Steven. I, he, because I was trying so hard to just keep it together. And, and even he, we weren't really communicating very well. I, I never talked to my kids about what was going on. I barely talked to Stephen about it. I mean, he had to see some of it, but like when he was getting ready to come home, I would like get everything really together, pull myself together and fake it the best I could. Um, and then one day he wanted to have people over and I was like, <laughs> have you lost your mind? I can't, and I just, I couldn't deal with it. And he, but he didn't understand that like, you know, holding my toothbrush for two minutes was a mental pep talk I had to give myself because it would make my hands freeze. Um, he didn't realize all the little moments. And so, um, uh, oh, I've done it again. Oh, this is bad. 
what, where? Um, I, okay, here it is. I started to get very just depressed and I wanted to get my own home, my own household to have a place to not be well because I did not want him seeing me like that. And my kids, I just didn't want them seeing me like that because this was nine months and it just got worse and worse and worse. And, um, but then I had just gotten so distracted. Let me tell you, I feel like the enemy was really distracting me through this whole thing. And it's a big deal, and we don't talk about that. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned to me is that when this all happened, you guys really isolated yourselves. Yes. You really separated yourselves. Yes, I didn't time. answer texts, calls. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Bryant, she would be like, girl, where yeah. are you? You better answer yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> that was very helpful. Um, but we, we, we isolated, and um, but then I have to say, eventually, like, I can see where God was in all of this, because when I look back, he, I'm going to do this in a different order that we talked about, because it was all this thread all the way through, so I had stopped praying, I guess, I don't really remember, I don't know how I had done that, but I just got lost, and, um, but I, I look back, a friend had told me to get back to scripture, I, I reached out to a friend, and she said, and I told her the thoughts I was having, and I was serious about getting a separate place so that I could only see them when I was at my best. And, she, and I told her, and she said, Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> She's like, that's the enemy lying to you, filling you with those lies. He wants you to become isolated in this, and he wants you to feel isolated, and he wants you to feel like a burden to the people that love you the most in this world. And she's like, no. And this was one of the people, let me remind you, that I had prayed for in my beige apartment. I had prayed for friends that were going to be like family, and she was one of the women from my life group. And they even live in a different state now. And I rarely ever even, t- we talk once in a while, but when we do, it's real, and it's the good stuff, and it's this. And she said, you are listening to lies, and you need to start filling yourself with truth. Go get in your scripture, get in your devotionals, turn on some praise music and let it become praise. And I'm telling you, two minutes of her, like, boom, boom, it just got me back where I needed to be. And I start, I start praying again. I do all the things that she's saying. Um, shortly after that, I reached out to another friend from that same life group who works in healthcare. Um, we were talking about a birthday or something coming up, and I, and I told her, I shared with her what was going on. And within minutes, she had talked to a colleague who has a sister with MS, and he sent over this link for a book about doing these huge dietary changes, and I did it. I Thank you, Amazon, two-day delivery. Three <laughs> days later, I was on track, and three weeks later, I had my health back. Had my health back. And it was three days before COVID hit and schools announced they were going out. And I was so grateful. Let me tell you, I was grateful. I was like that annoying Facebook, Pinterest, homeschool mom because I felt so grateful to be to have the presence and to have the physical capability to do that with my kids. It was amazing. But looking back, looking back, God had been there the entire time. When I went for my first MRI, okay, the day before that, I'm sitting in my sunroom I'm doing praise and worship. Band, you guys don't know this, but I am a rock star (laughs) in my sunroom. So 
I, I am just like belting out praise and worship and the song Raise a Hallelujah comes on. And I have no idea what prompted me to do this, but I stopped and I got my phone out and I looked up that song. And you guys will have to do this if you don't know the story of why that song was written, who it was written by and how and why it was written. And I deep dived on this song. Is that the right way to say that? Anyway, on this song for about 45 minutes and I listened to it over and over and I sang it and I sang it. I had no idea. I still thought back then I had a pinched nerve. I had no idea the next day I would go to this routine doctor appointment and end up laying in an MRI machine an hour later. And while I'm in that MRI machine, I start freaking out. I'm like, what's happening? Is my whole world getting ready to change? Like, what's happening right now? And I start crying. And you guys have seen me, of course. I cry. And then, and I'm losing it. And I'm really, I'm really freaking out. And then that song, Raise a Hallelujah, comes into my mind because I had spent so much time on it the day before. And I just start singing that internally, and I just get calm, and I just, it's like, it's okay, it's okay. And then the next time I go for my second set of MRIs, this is crazy because I'm actually, this has been ordered through a neurologist who specializes in MS. However, I don't see this as a clear sign. I get to my changing room for the MRI, and if anybody's ever been in a, a changing room for a procedure like this, it's like, it's very sterile. There's a locker to put your clothes. There's a countertop with your little robe wrapped up in a clear thing, and there's a trash can to put the little clear wrap. That's it. Well, not in my MRI room. It was. There was a, a piece of paper like this that was typed up by a female pastor who was diagnosed with <laughs> MS. When she was, um, when she had small young children, and the whole premise of that letter was saying, "Draw close to God through this. Do not try to do this alone, and stay surrounded by the people that God has put in your life." How did I not? How did I not take that page? First of all, I'm like, well, that was nice that she wrote that for somebody. <laughs> I didn't even take a picture of it. I, I was in that much denial still. Like, this pinched nerve is really turning into a thing, but we got to get to the chiropractor. And um, it was just amazing. It was amazing. I mean, how, how incredible is that? So when people say, like, you don't hear God. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And he, he sent... Um, the people, the people from my life group to speak those truths into my life. And, and it just, he was there through this entire thing. And actually, when I look back, uh, I love in my Bible app, if you guys don't do this, you really should try it. In my Bible app, I always have five, six different devotionals going at a time. And when I was first going through this and really starting to not feel well, I I went in, and I don't know what word I searched to, to find these, but the very first um, devotional that came up was about healing through food. And it was healing through food that actually got me to this point. Um, I got to wrap it up. Okay, so <laughs> what's the segment? 
Uh, segue. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, ta- I'm sorry. It's it's a it's no. a real problem. I mean, well, you so you you know God led you through all that, and He put those friends in your life, and the mm-hmm. one gives you the book about food. You made yes. a change, and then you began feeling well for for a long time. Yeah. Um, but you also look back and realize that you hadn't embraced the people around you the way. That oh, I pushed everybody out. Should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you shared with me this week that August has been difficult. And yeah. It looks like symptoms are coming back, and you've made a commitment that this time is going to be different. It's going to be different. Um, we had actually, I had done really great for about 16 months, and um, we really hoped it was behind us. Um, but uh, now that it's, you know, it's August again, and it's been two years, um, I'm now, over the last three weeks, it's been slowly like one thing at a time. I'm up to six of the symptoms again now. And so um, Debbie saw me having a rough moment, Debbie Jones at our church, and she um, she actually has gotten me in with a really great neurologist who specializes in MS, and I'm going to be seeing him in September. We'll be running a new round of MRIs. Um, and we don't know. We don't know what the future holds, but signs are pointing a certain direction. And... Um, and, but it is going to be different because God showed me so much. He taught me so much through through this whole last 10 years, really. It's just been incredible. But through this particular journey, um, he is there. He is so present. And he has been more than just there. He has been a tangible help to me, a huge help to me. And so... We're going to communicate, too. And I'm really going to try not to push everybody uh, away and isolate, but we, it's, it's, I feel so much more hopeful. And we can't, for anyone who's here online, if you don't have a core group of people, find them. Mm-hmm. Find them. Seek them out. Um, whether it be groups or serving, whatever the case may be, you may have friends, you may have family who are also believers, but surround yourself with like-minded people who yes. are going to be there for you. Just this morning, I was like, uh, Jennifer Brown. She's like, there. You know, it's awesome. It is. Big deal. The thing about the thing about things like this is that you don't anticipate them. You know, like we right. said earlier, when you you say your vows and you say in sicknesses and in health, you just assume it's always going to be health. You know, yeah. when it's not. And so when you look at the people around you. And you might think, well, I'm fine right now. There's nothing going on. So, you know, if I just, if my relationships with people are surface level, what's the big deal? Well, it might not be a big deal right now, but it's going to be a big deal a week from now or a year from now or when that happens. God wants his family to be tight knit, close, supporting each other, helping each other, mm-hmm. like pushing each other forward in discipleship and, and watching sanctification happen in our life, watching us be transformed into the image of Christ. And that happens best when we're together with people who are also doing the same thing. Yeah, because it's it's not a, a, well, I achieved um, connecting to God, so now I'm good. Mm -mm. It does not work like that either. It is daily, it's hour by hour, and you can just, you can get lost. You can go down the wrong path. And so having that Having that group and having your church family, I know we sound like a commercial for like church and groups, but it, it is. It this is, is real life. It it's is not, our reality. You know, it's real. It is our reality. And I am so grateful. I'm just so, very grateful. Yeah. 
And uh, you've, all, you've yeah. already taken a big first step to doing to, to going through this next phase differently by sitting yes. here and telling everybody here knows now. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to be we're going to be praying and we're going to be asking mm-hmm. and we're going to be we want to help. And so don't let us not help. I don't know if that's the right way to put that out there, but like, let us help. You know, let if people want to help if they want to support. You got to ask and, and accept that right? because yes. we, we want to love each other and support each other. And so I want to I want to thank you for sharing that, for sharing your story with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, for the encouragement that it is, and now we know how to continue to be praying with you. And uh, also, there may be people here today that are struggling with the same things or similar things, and uh, you guys could get connected today too through that. All right, so let's let's thank uh, Stephen and Jamie one more time for sharing with us today. All right, and 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 just because uh, "Raise a Hallelujah" is such a significant song to you, you might have noticed we only did two songs at the beginning because we're saving one for the end. Okay, so we're going to do one more song together before we leave today. But, but they had it planned. Uh, they had this song planned before I he had any idea that was a part of my yeah. one of my God moments. Yeah. It was already planned, and then we talked on you just shared with that with me on Wednesday night. And I was like. Good news. <laughs> I'm doing that one. So um, uh, that's not a coincidence, by the way. So uh, let's take a minute. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for everyone who's here, and, uh, and then we'll sing the, the last song. Lord, thank you so much for um, today. Thank you for Stephen and Jamie. Thank you uh, for bringing them together, um, for teaching them through the years, taking them on such different paths to find one another, but ultimately to be together and to be committed not only to each other, but to be committed to you. They're committed to you individually. They're committed to you as a couple. They've been through difficult things. They have difficult things in front of them like all of us do. And you're going to use that to continue to transform them, to teach them, to draw them into faithfulness. And so as they go through this, I ask specifically, God, that you, uh, uh, that we commit Jamie's health to you. We commit her condition we know that you uh, are good, that you have good plans for them and where you want to use everything in their life ultimately to transform them into your image, and it's no different with this. We know that you hold the power of healing in your hands and you can heal her. We know that that may not be in your plan, and so we tr- trust you if that's the case, and I know they are committed to looking for how you want to grow them, how you want to bring them into closer fellowship with you how you want to bring them into closer fellowship with the church, how you want to bring them into closer fellowship with each other. And so, God, I ask that you do that, that you bless them in that, that you help them through the the power of your spirit to remain strong and wise and focused and peaceful and joyful, thankful, and that as they go through that, God, you would lead us uh, also in this church and how to support them and help them and care for them as they face this challenge. God, I pray for everyone in our church who's going through difficulty right now. Whatever that may look like, it may be medical or it could be a million other things. We all face difficulty in life. And in all of it, you want us to trust you. So I pray that everyone here would trust you in it and express that to you even right now in their their own way. If they want to express their trust to you, their faith in you, uh, that they would do that. That if there's anyone with us who's never put their faith in Jesus for salvation, there's anyone here who has never stepped across that line to say, I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. And that you give their grace to them as they put their faith in you. God, I pray that they've never done that before. That today would be the day that they say, I trust you. 
I've felt empty. I've felt hollow. There's been something missing. I've been looking for you, and I found you today. And I pray, God, that they would make that decision today, that all of us that have made that decision are on this journey of being transformed into the image of your Son, that you would help to help us to, to draw together instead of separating, that you would pull us tighter instead of pushing and letting us push ourselves apart, that, God, in our struggles we would be honest, that in our difficulty we would be uh, loving and caring with one another, that as we consider each other we would be compassionate and gracious, and that in all of that, as we make these decisions to walk closely with each other, that that would bring honor and glory to you. As we see what you do, the power of your name, the power of your love. And so I ask God that you would do that. You would do that in each one of us individually. You'd do us together, do that in us together as a group. And God, I just thank you so much for Jamie and Stephen and their willingness to share that with us today so that we can all be encouraged and challenged. Everything that's happening today, God, we want you to know how much we love you how closely we want to walk with you. Mm -hmm. And we ask that that brings you honor and glory and that you're blessed as we do that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.